Hello and welcome, beautiful soul, to the Co-Creating Radiance podcast, where we offer support in cultivating a harmonious consciousness. In this space, we share and discuss topics ranging from the mundane to the magical, sharing our own experiences and the evolution of our individual spiritual paths with the hope and intention of providing perspective, insights, and education. May these heartfelt conversations spark your curiosity and imagination as you uncover your soul's truth along the path of inner harmony and conscious self-expression. We are so grateful to have you with us. Please pull up a chair, grab your favorite beverage, and settle in as we dive deep. Welcome back, everyone. It is such a pleasure and honor to hold this space with you. My name is Thea, one of the co-creatrixes of this space. And as always, I am joined by my dear friend, soul sister, and co-creatrix, Gina. Good morning, everyone. Let's go ahead, as we do, and from wherever we're at, if we're sitting, walking, driving, lying down, wherever you are, whatever you're doing now, take a moment and drop into your seat, uh, drop into the feet, drop into the backside of your body and take a deep breath in. Filling up the lungs completely, diaphragm, belly completely, big expansion. And let it out. Nice and slow, whenever you're ready, out of your nose or out of your mouth, maybe you make an audible sigh, stretch out your jaw, maybe roll the shoulders a little bit (laughs) as we settle into this space and today's conversation. It is so lovely to be back. Thank you so much for that, Gina. You're welcome. It is good to be back. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that was three weeks that we kind of paused there. We really did. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, that first week, if like actually every single weekend, you know, when we record, it felt like I was kind of missing a part of my day. I'm just like, shouldn't there be something going on? (laughs) Yeah, what do I do now? (laughs) It was like, it's kind of like adjacent to like a phantom pain. I'm like, I'm I'm missing something. I'm missing something. No. Yeah, but, but good. I am so glad that we did that. I think I definitely benefited from it. I feel, I hope, and trust that you did. No like, doubt, so much um, just transition has happened, and magic mm-hmm. has happened in the past few weeks. Um, and I'm really just grateful for all of it. Really grateful to be in a new space, um, and uh, just. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I'm also really excited to be diving back into that good old topic of spiritual buzzwords today. Yeah, (laughs) we had such an extensive list and uh, we're working our way down to the bottom of that list. So if you uh, if our audience has any suggestions for future, um, that would be great. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) I remember when we were first kind of I'm going to use the word kind of dreaming up of this podcast and what we're, one of the things we were going to do, you know, spiritual buzzwords have really kind of been like a cornerstone of a lot of what we talk about. So we might have to reimagine it a little bit Mm -hmm. for 2021, but that just makes me excited. Yeah. 
mm, curious to see like kind of what's going to crop up for us moving forward because I feel like there's just we've touched a little bit on a lot of things but I still feel like there's so much territory within those little tiptoes that we've done that it's there's just a plethora of stuff for us to explore and learn and share and just talk about yeah it's gonna be a good time yes (laughs) so today we've it's not just a twofer today we've got three big ones that's right usually we only do or we really only do two but because two of them well they're all correlated but two of them are uh, I don't know, how would you say it, like mistaken for each other? <laughs> I would say that the two of them are used kind of interchangeably. Yes, thank you. The okay. word that was coming to mind was intermittently, and I'm like, that is not the word. <laughs> <laughs> interchangeably. That is not the word at all. Yeah. yeah, interchangeably, definitely. But I do think it's important, even for myself, to kind of reflect and mm. come back to center and and relearn and then kind of for myself redefine how these words individually yeah have a place in in my life and in my practice so mm. like I said I've I've been really looking forward to this particular episode for a while yes <laughs> so let's begin so, first by talking about alchemy <laughs> let's talk about alchemy I'll tell you what this was the one that I was a little nervous about just because I hadn't really encountered the word very much outside of fiction like outside of reading material that's based in a fictional place or Netflix (laughs) fictional shows Mm. you know even even movies like Harry Potter um, in in its first rendition references alchemy through the philosopher's stone mm-hmm. so this one again had me a little nervous but once I kind of started exploring a little bit I got more interested and yeah. you said it best when we were chatting a little bit ago how you said it was I mean alchemy is a wormhole mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can dive so deep into it. <laughs> Yeah, there's just so much there that uh-huh. was so surprised me because as someone who had very limited interactions with folks who might feel aligned with alchemy or utilize alchemy or identify with alchemy, it was kind of an opportunity to explore this topic that I thought was kind of shallow and basic, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. And I say that because my understanding of mm. alchemy mm. and probably still my understanding of alchemy is quite surface level yeah well because so, alchem- alchemy in its historical um uh context is like it is a mysterious uh, or it's it's uh something that's so much shrouded in mystery so mm-hmm. i think well you kind of have to be initiated into it properly in order to really understand what it means <laughs> sort of no that's absolutely right um I watched a couple of kind of cute um but very informational YouTube videos about alchemy kind of in preparation for this because I thought like you know there's got to be a lot of people talking about this it's just not something I've ever really 
investigated before and I'll include those leaks in today's show notes but one of the things that was mentioned in the first video that I watched that was about 10-ish minutes um, was that people wrote about alchemy all of the time yeah yeah but they would oftentimes use code words for things oh yeah big time like one of the examples they gave was tin could very well mean the metal compound of tin Mm -hmm. but if someone was using it as a code word it might actually mean silver Mm. and so you could read as much about alchemy as you wanted but the chances of you knowing every secret word or you know secret phrase that authors were using was not very good so there is a lot of room for interpretation absolutely in, in those texts yeah. Oh, it's like, it's, uh, I don't know how much more I would dive into it just because it's not, I mean, I don't know. There's something about mystery that's alluring, but I don't know how much further I'd go into it. But I just think it's mm-hmm. cool that, like, at least from what I, the very little that I researched is that uh people started practicing this during the medieval times is that what you found mm-hmm. too yeah and it like alchemy was re- and probably still is referred to as a black art because it mm. deviated from the church <laughs> in medieval <laughs> times and anything that was uh against the church was like deemed uh anti-church or bad or dark or black um and uh where was I going with that? Uh, so there's something like alluring about like the mystery and all of that. And also just like the, I, I, I guess from what we can find in our minimal research is that, you know, alchemy is a transformative synthesis of sorts where you begin mm-hmm. with one element and you end up with something entirely different via um uh, some kind of transformation or mm-hmm. magic or heat or philosopher's stone or something <laughs> like there's some sort of agent that you need to be able to um, to be able to perform alchemy and what's interesting about at least from what I found about the philosopher's stone is that mm-hmm. some some practitioners and people who are writing about alchemy believed that it was internal, like inside. Some people believed it was an external, like actual uh, red stone or a white stone, mm-hmm. depending on what they were trying to al- alchemize. Um, mm-hmm. And some believed that um, the philosopher's stone was housed within sacred geometry that you could um basically illustrate and if you illustrated it properly you would have the philosopher's stone and be able to do um your alchemy via that ritual so interesting yeah so in ancient times sacred geometry was like 3d like theoretically was their version of a 3d printer it seems like it yeah (laughs) that's like what i'm picturing in my brain (laughs) (laughs) Or I guess I guess maybe their drawings came out a little bit more two dimensional, but at mm-hmm. at any rate, um, 
it was under like many people were saying many different things because Mm -hmm. probably to throw um whoever was hunting them down off track (laughs) um yeah (laughs) because I'm sure the church uh and whoever else was anti-alchemy like tried to investigate and the whole point of a a practice or a school of thought or a philosophy being kind of under wraps and secret is that uh the people writing would speak in code or do different mm-hmm. things so that their work would be protected and the mm-hmm. teachings would be protected so right mm-hmm. right and one thing that always kind of confused me personally about alchemy was like you know the main thing you hear is that alchemists were trying to transform lead into gold yeah which has completely different I don't know if this is the right terminology so feel free to correct me if if I'm off base uh, metallurgical properties Mm -hmm. they're made up of different things Mm -hmm. and that was that's the whole point of alchemy is you're taking one element and you're transforming it into something completely different right and one thing that was in common with both both of the videos that I watched was that the way that they kind of like broke alchemy down was to transform one thing like one item one thing of stuff into something else Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um a lot of the process had to do with like heating things up right to extensive like excessive degrees for multiple days at a time which Mm -hmm. was not only dangerous but difficult to do and I didn't realize that um we get a lot of chemistry Mm -hmm. from alchemy oh yeah totally I I had no idea that chemistry was pretty much born out of alchemy yeah which is really kind of cool because it's like modern day Mm. alchemy Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and of course I don't want to dumb it down like too much but it makes me wonder like okay so my everyday life if I'm taking different ingredients and I'm putting them together like if I'm making a cake Mm -hmm. I like have the flour and sugar and whatever else I'm using and I heat it up for a certain amount of time I get a different product like is that considered alchemy like in a very very like toned down very basic sense like I don't know I I can see how like the argument could go either way but one of the other things that was shared in the videos is that alchemists for the most part, you know, I don't want to speak in absolutes, but the common al- common idea was that everything in the world was made up of air, water, yeah. earth, and fire. Mm-hmm. And that if you essentially mixed those elements together mm-hmm. in the correct amounts, in the correct ways, then you would end up with something else. Which is funny because I just thought about the magician in the tarot. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, as you were saying that, yeah. <laughs> That's so clever. I never thought about that. Yeah. That's genius, though. Totally. I mean, you know, tarot is such a, it has that, it has a very mysterious origin. Like, no one actually knows when tarot started. Um, we can kind of trace it back to a certain extent, but... Yeah, it, it makes me wonder if the inspiration for the magician had an an alchemy kind of influence, like if it was inspired by alchemy. I think so. 
probably I, I think it's a fair assumption right yeah well at least with like the quote the uh the initial like writer weight uh mm-hmm. depictions because those guys were all in the like out what do you call it Crowley's um they belong to that school of like thought and that school of magic and kind of occult the order of the golden dawn or yeah something. exactly I think that's what it was yeah so yeah those two Ryder and Wait, they teamed up and pro- no doubt mm-hmm. took influence from alchemical symbols and the hermetic oh yeah hermetic of... principles and all that stuff yeah. yeah it's just it's so fun to kind of do these explorations because you see how how many different, and I mean this pun, elements <laughs> of metaphysical practice, metaphysical tools or belief systems or theologies kind of overlap and intersect and, yeah, you know, how they meet in all these various places. It's just really cool. Yeah. It, I will say though, it's 100% a rabbit hole. Like I just literally, like when I was on YouTube, I just typed in history of alchemy because I thought eh, that's a fair place to start, right? Mm. Pages upon pages upon oh, pages yeah. of people talking about alchemy. Oh, yeah. But I was like, it's like, <laughs> uh, I'm just laughing because um, I would say that the areas of the internet that I uh, frequent are pretty narrow. They're, it's pretty limited. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my husband will share something with me and I'm just like, where, like, where do you even get this? And he says, I got it from the internet. And I'm thinking, what parts of the internet are you going to? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> finding the little, the alchemy tip of the iceberg <laughs> on just one platform was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> What, the, what I think is cool, aside from the historical um, context of it, is like, of course, our modern application of it. And, you know, there's the argument that, oh, you know, because this these practices are shrouded in mystery on purpose, is that we, mm-hmm. as in the modern day, are like, end up kind of watering down the concepts. Mm-hmm. But I think that alchemy I mean there again there were people practicing alchemy and who uh what do you call it who interpreted the philosopher's stone as something internal or external and um Mm -hmm. like the same thing would apply for like the science of tantra for example there's external practices and there's internal practices and there's certain paths that mm-hmm. uh, lean more one way or the other and if we're looking right. at alchemy as an as an internal process of transformation you know we could definitely apply that to um to our spiritual path uh what and it doesn't matter what yeah. that looks like is the thing you could be a yogi you could be a witch you could be um you could be uh uh, well wizard (laughs) whatever whatever you are whatever kind of alchemist you are you know if you're if you're Mm -hmm. using tools and physical and non-physical meditation da 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 da, um Mm -hmm. and if you're invoking you know the the inner fire of transformation which 
if we're mm-hmm. thinking about it in the chakra system, the inner fire transformation lies in your navel and in your third mm-hmm. eye. <laughs> um, so, like, I just think that that's so rad that, you know, in in a modern application, we can find the, the power of the meaning of alchemy um, mm-hmm. in the in the subtle sense and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, apply the transformation and the transmutation that happens um, to our own practices that we're grounded in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right in that. And one thing that I found particularly interesting is that when alchemy was being practiced a significant amount, you know, a lot of people were considered um, like not serious scientists. They were debunked a lot. They were kind of put into a category of like pseudoscience. Mm But one thing um, I learned from one of the videos, I actually copied down the list they showed because I was like blown away by it. Through Alchemy, they uh, people provided us with distillation, mm-hmm. filtration, tritration, tri- titration. Sorry, I can't read my own typing. <laughs> titration, glass making, metallurgy, explosives, yeah, corrosives, and fortified wine. Very good. <laughs> I'm just like, dang, yeah, clever, clever. You know, I just, I think it's, uh, I think a lot of it had to do kind of like what you talked about, you know, earlier with the, the reputation that was attributed to alchemists through the church, because historically the church is not very nice to anyone that is outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And, you know, as we kind of went into, like, this age of awakening and into a technological age and all these things, you know, I think it's easy to, just like magic or a magical practice, a practice of alchemy can be looked down upon. But there's so much benefit that we've gotten out of it. Yeah. You know, and just like any other form of science, like, it was a... Albert Einstein, who invented the light bulb, and when he was asked about it, he's, you know, they're like, you failed over a hundred times trying to make the light bulb, like, you know, but you finally did. Congratulations. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't <laughs> exactly what words were exchanged, but basically, what he said was, you know, I didn't fail over a hundred times. I found out a hundred different ways not to make a light bulb. I, and I feel like that's kind of true of alchemy. Also, I love that reframe. <laughs> you know it just and I think some of the and I feel like this is true of science in general I mean I think a lot more now we have a specific direction that we're going in and experiments that we use are different avenues that people go down for research but I think the the amount of time and effort that alchemists of old if you will put into their efforts of you know maybe a a fruitless task of transforming lead into gold because obviously now we know that those things are completely different and you can't get one from the other but all of the cool shit we got because they just kept trying different things yeah very cool I feel like alchemists are like the underdogs of the scientific community yes 
And I say that with very minimal <laughs> knowledge of, of the science world. Science was never my strongest topic in school. But I do think that it's definitely worth taking a pause and acknowledging that even though something def- probably does not look the same, just like you described earlier yeah. of what alchemy might be in the 21st century versus the 15th century, <laughs> that I think it could still play a really important role in our lives. I'll be curious to see if, what other aspects of alchemy kind of come up because, you know, we're, we're constantly getting ads for shit. So now that I've looked up a couple things on alchemy, <laughs> I expect a couple of recommendations. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of like thinking about what you said about the philosopher's stone, whether it was uh, like a red or a white stone. And I remember in the Sorcerer's Stone, mm-hmm. the first book in the Harry Potter franchise that it was and remember in the movie it was like a shiny red stone and it was actually inside of Harry yeah so that's interesting yeah and they say like or I guess they say quote-unquote they say (laughs) that if um (laughs) if an alchemist was using a red stone that it was uh, more powerful because it could turn lead into gold. But if they used, if they used a white stone, then apparently it was a less mature version of what the red stone could be. And that white stones can Mm -hmm. be used to transform metal into silver. Oh yeah. Yeah interesting Mm -hmm. interesting it does uh make me think of produce like fruits vegetables and berries and Mm -hmm. things like that how they start off one color when they are seedling or when they're just kind of Mm -hmm. starting to grow Mm -hmm. and like if you think of a tomato for example it starts off green then as it ripens gets yellow and then as it fully ripens or matures it becomes red so it's interesting that they're, they kind of, I don't want to say they created that parallel because who knows what their sources were for identifying yeah. information about the philosopher's son, but I think it's just, you know, just a little more dot connected, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it got me. I don't know if I want to go down this, um, but uh, I thought. <laughs> Red and white got me thinking about um, Christmas colors. I mean, usually, and like, I don't, you probably read or watched videos on like the, uh, what do you call it? Like the pagan and the Siberian origins of Christmas. And uh, just the colors of red and white in those um, accounts are interesting. (laughs) So... I don't know. I just started thinking yeah, about that too. I was like, <laughs> red and white, Christmas. Hmm. <laughs> well, you, well, you mentioned that, and I was, and it actually brought me to um, remembering being in Sunday school and teaching about how uh, the blood of Jesus washed our sins away, and so uh, the red represented his blood, and then the white represented of the clean slate we get when Jesus saves us. Mm. 
Jesus. Which is part of part of the <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which is part of the origin of why we use red and white. Um, the at least a Christian interpretation of why uh-huh. we use red and white during uh, the holiday season. But we're actually gonna maybe uh, save the rest of that rabbit yeah, hole for later. Our yeah. next okay. episode. <laughs> Okay, um, let's move forward then <laughs> to rabbit, rabbit indeed. hole indeed. So the next two <laughs> buzzwords are the ones that we were referencing earlier that um, are used interchangeably, but we'll be highlighting some, <clears throat> I guess, subtleties around both of them just to kind of distinguish them from each other a little bit because they mm-hmm. are... In, incredibly um they are interconnected um but they are different too <laughs> different expressions let's say right i think that's a beautiful way of, of describing that absolutely different, different expressions. expressions so the words are vibration and energy right i'll be yeah i'll be honest i'm kind of surprised we didn't start off with these ones because i don't know about you but even before I really kind of stepped into the world of metaphysics and and just anything that wasn't um, the structure I grew up in, vibration energy are like for me they are my foundational buzzwords. Yeah, they were the two that I encountered first. They were the, they still are the two really that I encounter mm-hmm. the most. Yeah, agreed. And I feel like so many others we have this almost imposed expectation that we just know yeah what they are right and and how they are like which expression is appropriate for what time and that's another (laughs) but yeah (laughs) yeah i am glad we're finally talking about this yeah so for me i think of energy as energy is it's the source of all life it's life-giving it's Mm life-affirming it's something that can be felt and perceived through the senses um it gives Mm -hmm. power to the individual or the living thing or what have you um and often Mm -hmm. when we aren't sensitive to the subtle workings of energy Um, We feel energy mainly through our emotional states um, and our Mm -hmm. emotional tides because that's what's most obvious to us in our experience as humans. Um, But Mm -hmm. if we decide to tune into our level of sensitivity, which we all have, by the way, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just, it depends on whether or not you actually dive into it and pursue that um mm-hmm. but yeah most of us be at least begin by feeling energy through our through our emotions and that's still a very powerful no matter if you're tapped into the subtle or not um the energy that charges the emotions and the thoughts actually too um is very powerful <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and by yeah sorry, um, go ahead <laughs> No, No, I was just gonna say that I love the way that you kind of described the expression of energy, 
because the the ways that I kind of experience it the most I think are my levels of energy like the effort and and focus that I have to give whether it's you know doing stuff around the house or spending time like with family you know or the people that you live with or you know the energy that you spend when you go to work whatever it might be it's it's kind of like our it's it's a life force exchange Mm -hmm. I feel like energy is kind of like our it's like our battery Mm -hmm. it's what we operate Mm -hmm. off of so let's say you're in the office it's crazy you're taking on tasks someone comes along and says hey I'm going to take this off your plate fantastic maybe now that means you're not expanding as much energy maybe now you're able to rest and kind of recharge Mm -hmm. you will have that breather and kind of come back to center and take that deep breath and and keep moving on or maybe you were splitting your energy between projects and now you can kind of focus and send your energy to that one task instead I agree with that I experience it that way as well yeah. I don't know why I just went for a more generalized version first but uh but that's what you just explained is like I mean I think that's the application or like how a lot of us experience energy is like how much of it do mm-hmm. I have and how much of it do I not have at this moment in time yeah mm-hmm. right and one question I've been asking myself more and more recently, and I'm really proud of myself because it's it's something that I've been intending and practicing to do for a while, is asking myself, how much energy am I going to lend to whatever I'm engaging in, whether it's mm-hmm. a conversation, whether it's an engagement, whether it's a task, like how much energy am I mm-hmm. donating to this, right. basically? Yeah. How much of this am I giving away versus how much am I going to get back in return? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a really powerful tool, especially in stressful situations or um, I would say emotionally activating Mm -hmm. situations. Like if you're frustrated or tired or whatever it is, you know, we stress is a very Mm -hmm. real thing. (laughs) And I think stressful energy is also a very real thing. And when you're in a stressful situation, I think the instinct is to kind of go balls to the wall and like give as much as you can. So that way you can get through it. But when that's like a constant state of being, that is not sustainable. Absolutely. And so one big thing that I've kind of learned to do and I'm still learning to do, um, particularly with the work that I do in, in the wider world is someone else's emergency does not translate to my emergency. Exactly. <laughs> so someone coming up to me and saying, oh my God, this needs to happen. I need this right now. Okay. I, I can see what you're putting off, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to jump up and meet you where right. you are. Energetically. Right. Yeah. In fact, I might so far as to try and help you kind of come closer to where mm-hmm. I am. And depending on what's going on, maybe we can meet in the middle. Exactly. So it, it doesn't mm-hmm. always happen, 
that smoothly. But I have found that attempting to do that and not kind of jumping when someone says, I need mm-hmm. you to jump. And it doesn't even have to be work-related. It could be family-related. It could be your kids. It could be your spouse or a significant other. It could be your, I mean, I think pets are a little bit of a different <laughs> story. But <laughs> but I think the, the message is still the yeah. same. You know, I think sometimes we respond really quickly and we give everything we have and then there still needs to be more. Totally. And then it's like we have to like dig down deep and find that mm. reserve battery and hope to God that it's charged. Totally. I'll never, I, I'll, well, I'll never forget this now, but it, it wasn't too long ago, probably a couple of months ago where I was led through this um, partner exercise and um, mm-hmm. the facilitator didn't call it this, but I would call it like authentic relating um, where, Ooh. you know, we were partnered up and um one we took turns like sharing our experience of the day that we all shared together and um Mm -hmm. we took turns each one time just listening as we would and then the facilitator asked us to share again and take turns and to just change like the gaze of our eyes and to see if we could rest within ourselves as we listen a little bit more instead of leaking all of our energy out into or letting the other person take our energy as they're um, Mm. explaining how they feel about what's happening and everything like that. And then he had us do it one more time where we were listening and also sharing completely from the space of our heart. Mm-hmm. and like each time mm-hmm. you know we were sharing something similar but it w- it came from a different angle and we got to change our energy through our level of awareness so that mm-hmm. act of like giving and receiving energy basically mm-hmm. became a totally different experience when we realized like where we were coming from whether we were speaking or listening mm-hmm. so that's just what you were talking about, what that made me think of. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, thankfully, I don't have to, I don't encounter this terribly often, but every once in a while, I do encounter situations where the person that I am going to engage with is not in yeah. a happy place like they're mad, you know? And I think the other thing about energy is that if you are unaware, you take on a lot of people's stuff. (laughs) And, and a lot of people who are listening might say like, oh, that's just like, that's empaths. That's what they do. And it's like, no, not necessarily. You know, we, we talked to, I think we've had an episode on, on empaths, haven't we? If we didn't have an episode specific to it, we've definitely talked about it before. Yeah. So, I mean, at least from my perspective and my personal experience, there have definitely been times where I've been wide the fuck open and like everything that's going on, I am sucking in like a sponge and I come out feeling like, like a dumpster (laughs) fire. Yeah. Because it's like I, I would get overwhelmed by the other person's stuff 
that like my stuff would like get drowned out. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's taken time and it's taken a lot of practice, but now it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I go in and it's not that I'm on guard or that I'm closed You're off. You're just like contained. But that You're self-contained. Yeah. Yeah. I go in and I, and I prep myself mentally and saying like, whatever's going on, what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking is completely valid and it doesn't negate what's going on with them and vice versa. And that I, um, unless some, my direct actions hurt someone in some way, I'm not responsible for whatever it is that they're feeling frustrated about. And so I kind of found that balance between being able to maintain Mm -hmm. myself and keep myself in a good energetic place so that way I can be supported or I can listen without judgment, you know, to the best of our abilities, we're all human, but still not take on that responsibility. Yeah. And I think especially when it comes to that giving and taking of energy, I think more and more people are finding that just being mindful of it makes a huge difference in their interactions and their relationships and just in their quality of life in general. No doubt. Yeah. Good one. And right? I think that's the perfect segue into the the next expression of of this, which vibration. is vibration. And vibration it can be thought of as like how energy moves. It's literally like we can measure mm-hmm. vibration. Um, and you guys have probably have seen this like in your science class somewhere along the line where like sound or light is measured <laughs> as a wave of frequency mm-hmm. and co- color can also right. be seen um, as a frequency as well. And it, so it can be seen, it can be sensed, it can be felt. Um, it's a quality of energy and uh so as an example like we've heard the buzzword being thrown around like what's the vibe (laughs) what's the vibe what's the vibe or 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 the (laughs) thing that I hate the most good vibes vibes only only. or like you're I'm sure it started with good intention (laughs) but man it's become a major like gatekeeper phrase or like you're killing my vibe or you're killing the vibe or like this place or this place or this person (laughs) like man they've got bad vibes or I don't feel good about this or so basically like when you feel we all feel vibration um whether we're aware of it or not Mm -hmm. and um if you're more in tune I guess I should say not that if you're not in tune that it's not a good thing but if you are in tune um you can take being sensitive to vibration as like your intuitive wisdom with respect to like if something doesn't feel Mm -hmm. good to you vibrationally you know that you don't need to um be in that situation you could get the hell out (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um as an example yeah I personally I've the way I've kind of experience vibration and have worked with vibration and observed it and those kinds of things has really shifted 
over the years and kind of the way that I experience vibration the most I would say these days is the vibration is kind of like the collective energy Mm -hmm. in an environment and you know like when you walk into a room like and you're feeling pretty good but like you walk in somewhere and you're just like why does Mm -hmm. it feel so down in here like that's an example of like of vibration and and so the way I kind of look at the vibration at which I operate I really try to be mindful of where my energy levels are like you know maybe I was in traffic and someone was riding my ass and I was making sure I was like maybe half a degree half a mile below the speed limit or like whatever it is you know like that's kind of an example of like me matching mm-hmm. what I'm getting so like if I know I'm going into a place be like okay knock knock that off let's kind of come back to the place we want to be and you walk in and you can I think people underestimate how much their energy contributes to the yeah collective oh, yeah. vibration I'm really glad you just said that <laughs> yeah and and that is not to say whatsoever that like if you're going through a challenging time if you're not feeling well if there's like stress in your life that shit affects us all so this is in no way trying to shame anyone for experiencing real real totally. life <laughs> because because we've all been there and we'll all be there again you know it just that's part of yeah. the human experience it's you know that's just part of the deal so you know for me it's kind of like being aware like if I'm kind of not feeling a hundred percent or if I'm feeling great but I encounter someone who's maybe not feeling well is to like maybe kind of check myself and be like okay I don't want to overwhelm this person with like my peppiness because maybe I've had a great morning and I'm stoked to be here or whatever it is but they might have something going on so it's not even about like me dimming myself but just being aware that my energy is not the only person that matters yeah yeah it's a fine line isn't it though because like you can be going you can be going through it it is a challenging time and you could be going through that for a long time and there are are people who like yeah especially in a work environment who really don't and I'm like one of those I've been one of those people Mm -hmm. where like I haven't like I Mm -hmm. haven't left my shit at the door you know when I've gone into work or when yeah. I have gone into, I don't know, a creative endeavor or some of project or something like that. And it really mm-hmm. like, it just, it's not good. <laughs> and it, it manifests quickly yeah. too, because I received the, I received the backlash. It really does. From that. Um, that's happened to me a lot in my life because of whatever um, collected bitterness and resentment I've carried from like my bad times mm-hmm. so like what do you think is the yeah the line for that like honor your emotions but have responsibility as well to the degree to which you can <laughs> I think so yeah and I think to some extent um I think people hear, hear the word vulnerable or vulnerability and they think I have to share everything mm-hmm. no you don't no, and anyone who is telling you that is 
sadly mistaken because what I personally have found, because I'm also someone who I used to wear my emotions on my sleeve quite a bit. And there were definitely some really rough years where like my constant state Mm -hmm. was a shit Mm -hmm. show and Mm -hmm. everybody knew it. And I would try to put on this face, like everything was fine, but then something would happen and I would snap. And, you know, I, I learned that, you know, it, you don't have to be okay or in a good place yeah. all of the time. That's an unrealistic mm-hmm. expectation to have for yourself. But what I do think can be beneficial is, first of all, being honest with yourself. If you're not honest with yourself, then you're, then you're just setting yourself up for, for more yeah. challenge. You know, so being honest with yourself first and foremost. And second of all, if you can share an ounce of vulnerability with the people that you're around, you don't have to give them specifics. You don't have to give them details. You can just say like, hey, I, I can see, like, I know, like I'm having kind of a rough time and I'm not in the best of moods. So I'm just, I'm just yeah. kind of doing my best. And if I snap at you or if I say something in a tone that doesn't feel good, like I'm just going to own it yeah. now and say I'm sorry. Right, you know, I'm, right. I'm not trying to. I have found that people are incredibly understanding and compassionate if you mm-hmm. if you just give them that because otherwise they're just kind You're of You're absolutely wondering. right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and more often than not, people want yeah. to be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they express empathy. They offer support. You know, it's just like, you know, thank you know, just thank you for letting me know. Like, if there's yeah. something I can do for you, let me know. You know, so I think it's just it's it's hard because it's incredibly personal mm-hmm. and everyone is different. And you know, as far as like creative endeavors go, I feel like some of the most profound experiences I've had, like through creative means, have been through when I was going yeah. through a really shitty time. So I think that's kind of like where the honesty with yourself comes in, because if you're trying to kind of mask what's going on and approach a project with a, a vibration that you are just not operating at, yeah. it's not going to end well. <laughs> hmm. You know, and I think the other thing too is, you know, don't put yourself on a timeline to quote unquote feel better or to quote unquote get over yeah. something. Because again, that just puts unnecessary pressure on yourself. I think if you have been in a place longer than you think is healthy for you, then I would just encourage you to seek professional help, whether that's going to your primary care physician, whether that's going to a counselor, whether that's calling a hotline. You know, there, there's resources available and I think it's just, you know, I think it all comes back to just being really, really honest with yourself, even like, and I think that's the hardest yeah. part, honestly, is we have these outside perceived or actual expectations of how we behave, how we act, how we engage or offer our energy to people. And sometimes 
Yeah. We're just not in that place. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. It is a tough one. And I think, it's, yeah, and I think no you doubt, learn no as you doubt. go. I think mm. we're all going to make mistakes. It's, it's not the easiest learning curve. And some, some responses mm-hmm. are going to be harsher than others. But I also feel like, you know, it's kind of like what we were talking about just a few minutes ago with the alchemy, you know, you might find out a hundred different ways not to share what you're, you know, share right. your frustrations with your partner, but you, but you might find one way to express yourself that's actually really cathartic for yourself. Maybe just not towards another yeah. person. Always an adventure with the emotional landscapes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think especially at a time right now, you know, we're the, the state of the world <laughs> is so weird. It's 2020 has, is definitely one uh, for the history books on many different levels. So I think just checking in with yourself and, and doing your best to be honest. I think that's the best thing we can do for ourselves and it's best thing the we can do for each other right free. now. <laughs> Alchemize some of that bullshit Ooh, that's been going on and turn it into something you said beautiful. It. You said it. <laughs> oh, gosh. One thing I will say about energy and vibration is part of the reason I enjoy um, my path and my personal perspective on life is that there's so many fun ways externally to kind of help you shift those things yeah like for me you know I work in a uh, high energy place let's put it that way (laughs) and and it's a it can really be a challenge not to take on Mm -hmm. other people's stuff especially you know I believe that to at least some extent, we all care about each other. And it can turn very quickly into, mm-hmm. I feel guilty for not being able to do more, especially mm-hmm. if we're kind of coming into the holiday season. And, you know, sometimes it's as simple as, I, I feel like I keep coming back to this. My favorite technique to do anything yeah. is using my breath, is just breathing Present deep moment. and letting that shit out. Present breathing moment. Deep and just letting it out. Or sometimes I'll come in and I'll say hello and be like I need to burn some stage before I do anything else <laughs> you know or it's listening to music or it's using stones or it's using incense or just it doesn't even have to smell but like lighting a candle just doing things to kind of help you come back yeah. to you and some of the things I use are pretty so many things out there are pretty yeah <laughs> and that's the thing about vibration and I what you're highlighting here is that for as stuck as we think we are in a certain vibration it's really mm-hmm. the, the solutions um to change your vibration are myriad and like anything is possible <laughs> you can do it through music you can do mm-hmm. it through stones you can do it through 
breath. You could do it through yoga. You could run. You can uh, scream your scream your head off. Dance. Dance. Sometimes you gotta. Yes. Sometimes you gotta scream yeah. and dance it out. <laughs> so there's lots of ways to like shift the vibe, so to speak, and um, hopefully one of those suggestions was helpful. And that's just like less than a handful of like hundreds of things that you could do to um to just oh my gosh yes change your energy my something that my teacher always told me Mm -hmm. is um my yoga teacher uh she said change let me see if I get this right change your breath wait (laughs) change your energy change your breath change your breath, change your mind, change your mind, change your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So basically, like people, some say, some teachers will say that the breath is the link between the body and the mind. So Thea, like what you just brought up, the very first thing was Mm -hmm. as soon as you change your breath, that changes everything. And there's truth in that um, because of that body mind link. Mm -hmm. And we know that what we think is, is our reality. We all live in our own little universes. So if you do nothing Mm -hmm. else, but just change your breath, you're actually doing a lot for yourself and we can, we can all do it because we can all breathe. (laughs) So as long as you're alive, you're breathing. Yeah. Yeah. And it can feel, yes, yes. And I know for me, when I was kind of like in a, in a place that I hope that I never find myself back in, but was incredibly transformative and important to my journey as a whole, you know, it, it was intimidating and felt monumentous this idea that I can change everything with my breath and or like change anything about me with what sounds like minimal effort and what I've learned along the way is that it's constant the the choice to feel empowered by what I can do for myself is scary and there's that initial fear of like well, what if I don't do it right? Or, well, what if I let someone down? Or what if nothing happens? You know, that fear of yeah. it not being actualized. And, you know, it took me a little totally. while to get over that. And I still kind of catch myself sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because old habits die hard. And, you know, especially when you are trying to change so much of your history or so much of like what you were brought up with or whatever it is, maybe, you know, certain beliefs were hammered into you by um, unhealthy relationships. I think at the end of the day, you are your most powerful tool. And that doesn't mean you have to do it by yourself. Like I said, there's lots of options and support systems available. You just have to Mm -hmm. kind of find the one that works for you. But once you do, it it becomes so much more manageable. You know, these days, it's not like I trust that just 
burning my sage and breathing in, you know, deep for a couple of minutes is going to completely change my attitude. I know it's going to probably take a little more effort than that, but the idea that, you know, I can, with that effort, I can make that transition. I can make that shift. That's empowering as fuck. And so when I've had a rough day or maybe I had a tough conversation with someone, I know that I am capable of transitioning out of that space into one that I prefer. Exactly. I just have to want it. Actually, <laughs> I think that's the bottom line yeah. is I just have to want it. And nobody can, especially when you're relying on something as simple as your breath, it's like nobody can empower you or disempower you. You're completely like self-contained, mm-hmm. self-reliant and mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got this, boo. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was so much fun. <laughs> Our three-week break was great, but I, I really truly did miss this. So, again, just so grateful to be back with everyone and be grateful grateful to be back with you Gina um unless there was anything else that you wanted Let's to touch on up. Gina should we go ahead and wrap I up I think I said I said everything I needed to say let stupid <laughs> perfect and I didn't intend to throw You're in that so holiday punny. pun but that was a free gift to you <laughs> two for one booyah <laughs> when it's just right there I can't help myself I just have to <laughs> So with that, everyone, we're going to go ahead and conclude today's episode. If you want to learn more about us, you can visit our individual Instagram accounts. You can find us at at Gina.Rodondi and at Theolar13. You can also reach us with comments and questions or even episode suggestions, mm-hmm. buzzword ideas uh, through ccradiancepodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Tune in next time, everybody, as we get into a pre- Yuletide episode. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Thank you everyone so much for joining us here at Co-Creating Radiance. May you find radiance where you least expect awesome. it. And we Blessings and peace as you move into the week. We'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. <laughs>